merely meditating could bring about a chemical change in the water. What did it mean? Well, it implied that space had memory, and you could condition space, and that you could apply human intent and bring about physical change. It had monumental implications. It might just explain a lot of the inexplicable. You know the old story. A guy walks into a church and begs God for something. No answer. Another 10,000 people do the same thing. Another 10 million. God is apparently busy with other matters and does not reply to them either. Here comes someone in need, just there to sweep the floor, too humble and meek to ask for a toothpick, much less anything else. And boom, his secret prayers are answered. Why? Perhaps because the space was conditioned by the millions of petitions of others. All those pleas of desperation from those believers who had gone before him had left a memory in the space. Please, help me, save me. But here's what science can't answer. Why him? Why him indeed? You see, before grace, I never paid much attention to a lot of things. After grace? Well, let's just say none of this could have happened without her. Grace and I are like infinitesimal pieces in the most complicated jigsaw puzzle there is, and yet we found each other. Was this an accident? No. I can tell you this with certainty. The world holds more wonder and optimism than ever. Because of Grace, I'd say anything is possible. Seriously, anything. I really would. And that's why I love her. But I'll let her give you the whole story. Everything Michael just told you is true, but you have to understand our lives in its whole context for this story to make any sense. What happened to us was so unexpected that I think it's worth understanding how we came together and why everything could only have happened as it did. So let me take you back to the beginning and, for the moment, offer this singular thought. There are still a few pockets of the earth that transcend the realities of the modern world. To my complete astonishment, the low country of South Carolina is one of them. No one who knows the area would argue. Not every square inch of it is spiritually uplifting, because it's got its commercial sprawl like all cities. But just minutes south of historic Charleston's ageless glories and the plastic outskirts of suburbia, the neon world of consumerism begins to melt away. Soon, moving along on Savannah Highway... There is a small rise in the road, Rantles Creek. The deep blue water is vast, shimmering like fields of sequins, their tiny edges catching flashes of the afternoon light. Every single time I passed over the tiny bridge, I would literally gasp with surprise. It was so vibrant with life and naturally beautiful. For the trillionth or so time... I wondered why I didn't sublet my carriage house in downtown Charleston, move out here, and sink roots in this blue and green paradise. But as soon as I asked myself the question, the answer was on the tip of my tongue. The answer was simple. I was still in the game, running with the ball like my hair was on fire. Besides, I was still too urban. I mean, moving to Charleston had been a concession to my family after decades of living in and around New York working for a luxury travel service that paid very little 
but took me everywhere I ever wanted to go. Cambodia, Chile, the Galapagos, Patagonia, Istanbul. Dream it up, I can arrange it, and you will travel like royalty. It was a niche business, but a very nice niche. Eventually, I moved to the Low Country. I had been terrified to leave New York, and in other ways just as terrified to stay. My family knew it, too. Truly, there wasn't much happening in my personal life, except the packing and unpacking of luggage. So, as usual, my father decided to take the matter of my future into his own lovable hands. He begged me to just try Charleston for a while, and after the big showdown, I finally caved. To my surprise and delight, it turned out that Charleston had everything I thought I needed, and more. Like New York, it had neighborhoods and corner stores. It was old, but not decrepit. What it didn't have was snow, ice, or, to date, terrorists. It was little things that made me happy. Frothy cappuccinos and the New York Times at my fingertips. I loved chamber music and theater, salsa dancing, tennis and biking, restaurants and shopping. Charleston had that, and lots more. And best of all, I could walk to work. And once Michael became my other, he could be at the medical university in five minutes. We didn't pay a fortune to park or live on gridlock alert during the holiday season. So living downtown was the perfect decision for us. We couldn't be bothered with a house and a yard. And I hated to admit it, but a suburban house would have destroyed our relationship in about two days. It wasn't about who was going to cut the grass or clean out the garage. No, it was fastidiously manicured neighborhoods with married couples having block parties, backyard barbecues with coordinated paper products, children, dogs, and bicycles strewn helter-skelter like randomly placed garden sculpture. Ugh, that whole scene had the malodorous quality of long-term commitment, the M word. Like cheap chocolate, it looked good, but ultimately it made your teeth hurt. Marriage was not for me, or Michael. The only reason I bring this up at all is that I was en route to Hilton Head to visit my entire family for the 4th of July holidays. I loved them like mad, but every visit to their new home was like the Spanish Inquisition, Italian style. This trip would be no different from all the others. They just couldn't help themselves. It was a relief to pass the last red traffic signal that would crop up in the next hour or so, because even though it was four in the afternoon, the heat was still eating me alive. I could taste salt in the beads of perspiration that tickled my upper lip. Taking a long swig of water from the sweaty, lukewarm bottle in my cup holder, I decided it probably hadn't been the best idea to make the trip with the top down. But I loved summer and the rushing warm wind on my face and arms. Being a little on the other side of 30, I bought into sunscreen and its merits. But any way you sliced it, getting older was a drag. I inhaled the facts of life deeply and exhaled the reality that you really couldn't have it both ways. Balance was everything. If I wanted to be with Michael, it was best to keep things as they were. And how things were was pretty fantastic most days. Besides, I wasn't certain that I really wanted children. 
let's be honest here. From the practical side, it would have meant giving up my career because I traveled all the time. Or I would have been forced to change industries and start all over again. I wasn't willing to gamble the salary cut that might come with an industry switch. And even if the mortgage was covered by my father, I still had bills to pay. Groceries, utilities, clothes, cell phone, whatever. Besides, I wasn't bohemian enough to have children out of wedlock or brave enough to face the possibility that I might wind up raising them myself. Alone. Me. Alone with a kid? And truly illegitimate children would have put my parents in their grave. For sure. I envisioned calling Connie and Big Al and telling them they had a new precious bastard grandchild. My father would have cut out his own heart and FedExed it to me. My mother would have swallowed every sleeping pill in CVS, washing them down with Pellegrino. Wait, no, not Pellegrino. She never would have wasted the money on something so frivolous. Tap water. She would have used tap water. And she definitely would have left behind a soggy, smeared epistle, drenched in her tears, apologizing for not teaching me better morals. And Nonna, my grandmother, the queen of Naples, Italy, don't ask. No, rock stars acquired children in that unseemly manner, naming them after food groups, not the Russos of Bloomfield, New Jersey, whose great-grandfather played bocce with Mussolini when he visited Naples. And now that my parents were nicely settled in the posh environs of Hilton Head, with nice friends and a membership to two golf clubs, a book club, and a bridge club? Nope. Not happening. As I passed each stretch of forest that thumped with the ghostly heartbeats of soldiers long gone to glory.